It's, it's, it's not racist, but it's, it's bordering. It's bordering on a Rochelle. M. Night Shyamalan. What the hell, dude? Well, very roundabout detour, but I still need to know if Freddy got fit. Yeah, we'll see if she walks in on us doing this now. I will go on a crusade to defend nipples. Okay. What is this podcast right now? <laughs> you can get canceled for anything. It is 2022. You can get canceled for looking at some It's people. just one of those days. Listen, Lucas, I'm a good friend. Step your shit up. Uh, anyway, hello, welcome I to- I gave you some bonus content. I'm trying to do the intro, I'm, Sammy. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> oh my gosh. And you people who are already listening, like, I'm so sorry. You already missed out on all the bonus content we were talking and forgot to uh, record. Dang. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll circle back around to it. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, so welcome to The Last Three Brain Cells. My name is Lucas. Uh, I've been spending the past few weeks uh, with a running gag, just hamming it up with little pig boys and aerial swine. And I think we're at a point where that running gag has hit such highs that I feel like it's just a, a tailspin from here on out. So I'm not sure if I have any more to continue that gag. I mean, I think we could just keep passing it around like the the dead dried out pigskin that it is look man i think that you could uh sniff around for some more truffles some sniff, sniff. black gold as it's called oh what'd you just call me jeremiah hey yo i was Ooh, thinking that's actually that. a good nickname black gold i was thinking Please that not. but i was worried that would be racist if i made a comment about sammy it's it's, it's not racist but it's, it's bordering it's bordering on a or Rochelle, if you, if you if you will. Black gold is why I would call a black woman who's a gold digger. Okay, now that's dog. <laughs> I, all right, black, um, moving black on. Black gold was a menu item I used to have on my drink menu. It featured uh, Coca-Cola, passion fruit, and I want to say rum. It's a good time. That's some lemon in there and some other stuff. Anyways. All right, so you... you, you you were just listening to Sammy. Look, I'm going to introduce him before Jeremiah, because fuck Jeremiah, am I right? Um, I would. Uh, uh, speaking of which, I'm also here with Jeremiah. <laughs> you're wetting me? Oh, Jeremiah. I, that's private. Um, Come on. That's a pre-podcast action. I, I would feel bad for your Canadian girlfriend who may or may not exist. Yeah, we'll uh, see if she walks in on us doing this now. I'm you know, so uh, with the whole with the whole black gold thing, I'm thinking back to the early to mid 2000s when Adult Swim on Cartoon Network became a a great source of alternative comedy, and in the amazing show Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, they have uh, Black Lightning on. Who <laughs> they're like, right. what? Why are you Black Lightning? It's like I didn't want to be Black Lightning. I wanted to be Superbolt. But uh, they said, Aquaman said, Black Lightning. I said, why don't they just call you Whitefish? Also, <laughs> voiced by the fabulous, voiced by the fabulous wow. Phil Lamar, who in Lamar? the mid to Yo. Do you know who he is? What a gem. He's a gem for sure. Well, I mean, like, also in the late 90s, mid 2000s, he was the voice of every, uh, 
man, what's the right word for that? Uh, black role model, black superhero role model, animated role model. However, he was Static Shock. He was uh, John from the Justice League. Mm-hmm. So Green Lantern. He found that niche, and he just like. He's Dude, he's not a niche guy. A lot I mean, of characters from other like ethnic backgrounds too. Like he was the voice of Samurai Jack, the Samurai Jack. Yep, he's just he's just a great voice actor. Amazing. He now he has had some great ethnic characters such as Hermes Comrade and Barbados Slim. Mm-hmm. This conversation is making me feel younger because I have no idea what those are. Phil Lamar, talk about black gold. Am I right? Yuck! 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 Still racist. Racial. Rachel. It. It's okay, you're black. They can't cancel you. They'll just cancel me because of that black gold joke I said earlier. Mm, Just because I won't get canceled doesn't mean it's any less bad. I feel like I could still get canceled for that. You can get canceled for anything. It is 2022. You can get canceled for looking at somebody the wrong way. Sammy, you have two white guys to hide behind when it comes to that sort of thing. We're much easier targets. You, you know, I wish there were a lot of things mm. I could hide behind two white guys for, but you know what? Sometimes that's just what it is, Lucas. I just feel like I have so little to add to this conversation while Lucas forces what he has to add to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the way you say... Anyways. Yeah, we're going to cut that out. Yeah, cut That's that. just going to be a beep. Yeah. Just yeah. Wow. Yeah. But we should go talk. We should leave in the parts all about Phil Lamar because he's just such a gem. Because he is a um, gem. He's a diamond in the rough. Yeah, he is not a precious metal. He is a precious gem. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, guys, for weeks we have been setting back a topic that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. Couldn't see it. I'm and sorry. Sammy got a flat tire on the way to the movie theater and couldn't see it. Lucas just saw my heart broke. Yeah, I was I so was... excited. Bought the tickets, everything on the way there. Got a flat tire. I thought Jeremiah was talking about books. And so it just came at me, just everything all at once. And this is why I'm a better friend, because I my mind was everywhere. My mind was everywhere, everything, all at once, but I still managed to pick up on what he was saying. Because I listen, Lucas. I'm a good friend. Step your shit up, bro. My favorite part is that Lucas said the name of the title of the movie incorrectly on purpose. And I think you said it incorrectly on accident, which is just such like a delicious level of irony. that. Well, I said it incorrectly because I didn't think it would sound as natural uh, shoving the everywhere in there. I mean, I've done enough shoving to the podcast so far. I think it would have sounded perfect. I just didn't see the movie, so I forgot what it's called. Is when you say sh- like shoehorning in the title and stuff, are you talking about like the amazing? This is going to be an internet culture, uh, internet history lesson. But uh, when the internet used to call into Tom Green's show and Bel Air him, this statement is too meta for me to understand. All right, Tom Green is a almost unnoteworthy comedian. I don't know. He made a movie called Freddy Got Fingered. He made a couple of others that were unmemorable. <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> Look, back up. The best, the best part of this movie... Are you, did you just fall over? A little bit. 
really changes the ready for Freddy. Are you okay, Sammy? I'm still trying to recover. I, I have a question once you're done explaining. Okay. What is this podcast right now? <laughs> so, like, you can't cut that sound of him falling over backwards. I, well, I, I probably won't be able to. It's probably going to overlap with you. To- well, actually, I... I Wait, 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 wait. But Jeremiah, what happened in this movie? Did Freddy get fingered? Look, it's a movie you probably just have to see. I don't know if I'm really recommending it here. Um, I am aware of it, and I'm aware of what happens. But the thing I'm really most aware of is um, is the review that it got by Robert Ebert, who uh, he saw the movie and he lambasted this thing, talking about how terrible it was. And then two years later, Tom Green made another movie that was this forgettable college heist movie. And in his review, he's just like, gosh, this movie's even worse. Like, there's Freddy Got Fingered, but holy crap, I remember watching that movie. This movie I'll forget in a week, which is just... Such an insult and a compliment at the same time. Look, the point is there's this Canadian comedian, which there's a lot of them, but Tom Green. And after he kind of peaked in his brief stardom, his flashpan of fame, he had an internet TV show for a while. And, you know, we're talking like mid-2000s, so this is not a common thing. People aren't getting online and watching television like they are Netflix or Apple TV. It's that, that stuff didn't exist. You know, YouTube wasn't even that big yet. So a collection of the internet, like pre, think pre-anonymous, uh, maybe it was something awful. I don't remember one of the goon squads. They would call Tom Green because they would take phone calls. They, they showed the show live and they would prank call him. They would troll him. And one guy got into a uh, story where he's talking about all this bad stuff that's happening to him. Tom Green is just like gripped. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe this is going on. And this man seamlessly, without changing his cadence, moved from this depressing story and hit into the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song. And he got about middle of the way, like, I don't know, to the part about the cabbie when Tom Green realizes what's happening and just loses it. Just like you see him like fury, anger, and then sadness and depression as this is like what his life is, that people are willing to all over North America call in. And the only reason they're watching his show is so they control him. Oh my. At least he got the views. So that's what it makes me think of. Just you trying to get titles of movies, but without breaking your cadence or saying like, oh yeah, such and such The Matrix, which is harder than it sounds. Yeah, props to that dude. He pioneered that trolling. This was a very roundabout- He was a true icon. This was a very roundabout detour, but I still need to know if Freddy got fingered. Did he at least get chicken fingers? I've I've got to leave it here. You're just going to have to watch the movie and find out. I deserve this because I didn't see everything everywhere all at once. Remember, this is not a movie that I'm even like recommending. I, I'm sure you'll remember it. Um, which we just had a conversation about that earlier, didn't we? There's like movies that you watch that are just okay, but you forget. And in some ways it's better to just be an interesting movie. Like, was it good? Was it bad? Oh. It was super interesting. Like, you'll think about that movie for a long time. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's dramatically more fun to watch a really bad film than a mediocre film. It's like Timmy Wiseau's uh, The Room is way more entertaining than... Oh, what's some... I, I can't even think of a movie because they're that forgettable. Uh, uh, throwback from last week. Uh, comedy films from the years 2016 to 2020. Yeah, Jeremiah just hates that period of comedy. We just saw a lot of comedies during that time, so I understand it well, and I can tell you why it's not good. I think I did that last Your week. Your hatred is well-educated. You know, it's interesting because in a comedy podcast I listened to, they made a very similar um, comment. Wow, plagiarizing Sammy's comedy podcast, Jeremiah. How dare you? Is it plagiarizing if you didn't know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it just means it just adds credence to, okay, I'm not the only one who sees this. So talking about movies that you wouldn't call good, but are fantastic. Which we're not talking about everything everywhere all at once. No, that's that's legitimately a good film. I mean, I do have a few minor critiques, but overall, one of the most interesting, most memorable movies I've seen in quite a while. Definitely recommend watching it. Guys, it's well worth a watch. Here's the most frustrating part. I was planning to have a multiversal movie moment where I got to watch Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness and then that movie. So, you know, got my tickets when I went to go get the tickets. This movie is so amazing and lit that like all the movie theaters nearby were sold out. And like, you know, I was trying to see have a double feature with like my friends and my cousin. And it's like at this point, it's like, oh, if you if there are one, if not two seats in existence, they're on like opposite sides of the movie theater in the corners where you can barely see the screen and all that. And so I found a place that was um it was like 40, 50 minutes away. And it's like if we had left right at that moment, we would have just barely got caught the beginning. But we're like, it's worth it. We're not going to go super crazy, but we're going to like try to get there as fast as we can and yeah flat tire and it's like well this sucks i'm still trying to get my refund so i can go see it again (laughs) here is a so you're talking about everything everywhere all at once going and seeing that right and it's sold out okay at the time of where that we're recording this the movie has been in theaters for three weeks to uh three to four weeks it's been out for a while at this point in our movie culture if your movie's not being watched by the end of three weeks it's dropped So the fact that it is still sold out and creating buzz, like, man, I really hope this movie wins some awards. Um, Oh, it better. When I went to watch it, there was like five other people in the theater. Uh, But it was during the day, so it wasn't at prime viewing. I might just have to see it during the day. Take it. No, but I, I was... I was thinking there's two movies that I couldn't, I can't call them good films. One of them I will say is the most beautiful film ever made. Any guesses on what that might be? I can't say it's a good, I haven't seen The Lighthouse. Oh, the cinematography is great and it's very interesting. The last third was where I was like, this got way more wild, but I think it's a good movie. What about you, Sammy? Do you have any guesses on what would... I couldn't say is a good film, but is a beautiful film regardless. No. I've got one. I've got one. It, what, what's your guess? The one movie, which it's not going to be the movie that you pick, but it is going to be The Thief and the Cobbler, which is a masterclass in the most beautiful animation you've ever seen. That is one of the best and movies of my entire childhood. It's a bad movie. I hate to tell you that, man. What? The voice, the voice directing on it. 
the story, all of that, the pacing, it's very poor. But the animation is beautiful. Anyway, I that we can talk pacing, about this another time. Sir, how dare you? Okay, I am talking, of course, about the first live-action Scooby-Doo movie. It is beautiful. You know what? I'd actually call the casting it's on it is so pitch perfect. Good. I think the Shaggy, casting on it's good, but oh I, my God. I, don't know. I don't know, man. I actually was not a huge fan Rewatch of it, it, but I did like the casting. Rewatch it. I rewatched it with my brother and my parents. It was great. It was fantastic. Uh, really fun movie experience. It's beautiful. Watch the second live action. Don't bother. It's <laughs> the second doesn't live up to the incredible precedent that the first set. And then the other film that's noteworthy is uh, Batman and Robin, because it has my favorite TV line. Period. Because that's the one with uh, Arnold Schwartz, yeah, as uh, Mister Freeze, and it and Mister Freeze teams up with Poison Ivy, even though their goals are polar opposites and incapable of coexisting. The whole film's terrible. I think it's the one that has bat nipples. Um, There's more than one on nipples, film man. that has nipples bat are nipples. Amazing. I will I, go on a crusade I, to defend nipples. Good for you. Um, but there's a scene towards the end where Mr. Freeze is using a telescope and he's turned it into an ice laser because science is not a thing. And there's two scientists like on the telescope and it ends up swinging wildly. And while it's swinging wildly, one of the scientists just says, it's just one of those days. And that is my favorite. Favorite I, delivery I'm of gonna, anything. I'm going to give a counterpoint after, of course, crushing on the thief and the cobbler. I'm going to give a counterpoint that I think that Batman and Robin is actually one of the best Batman movies. Most people disagree with that. Nerds at the time in the 90s hated it because they felt that it set back superhero movies years and years. But uh, Joel Schumacher, the director, that was the second Batman film he had directed. And uh, the studio wanted him to make a bunch of toys. So he's like, fine, we'll make a big toy thing. We'll make everything so it's make, easily made into toys. And then he just leaned into the campy 60s style. Because that movie is so like so much like the 60s Batman. And that's not what people wanted. But when you watch it under that context, it's fun. It's a fun movie. I... And that's why I brought it up. It's a fun movie to watch, but it's also just a terrible movie. I, it has a bat credit card. I mean, how do you defend that level look, of I, I mean, what, what ridiculousness? I'm everyone has to know Bruce Wayne is Batman because he's got the bat credit card. Well, I mean, that's the thing. They're leaning so heavy into the campiness. Like, it's that is not... I think people see a scene like that or they watch that film, and especially at the time in the 90s when it came out, and they were like, this is stupid. But um, who is it? There's a YouTuber named Patrick Willems, and he does video essays on movies, and he did one actually on this film. And he was talking about, this is a couple of years ago, he was talking about, hey, in our current era of superherodom, going back and watching this movie it actually critiques superheroes and like is making fun of them in a really interesting way. But at the time in the 90s that it came out, all of that other stuff didn't exist. Everybody wasn't as into the superhero stuff. So like watching it nowadays where we have all this other superhero whatever, it reads, I think, a lot more like a goofy comedy film. 
I feel like you're doing the thing where English teachers have really deep and complicated interpretations of things from books that really aren't complicated or deep. And you're just good for you for finding meaning where there is not. <laughs> I'm not, I'm but... not finding meaning. What I'm saying is in the context of the time, the movie is more fun to watch. Like when you were, when you wanted your gritty Batman movie and that's all that you wanted. And that movie came out like, yeah, there's, there's probably a reason people still send Joel Schumacher death threats. <laughs> Ooh. I wouldn't send death threats over something like that. Sh- that's sh- just ridiculous. Fired. I mean, just chill. Just chill well, if you're at that level of look, rage. I mean, like, for historical context, it's worth pointing out that that movie, uh, everything I just said that it's fun, it's fun to watch, especially now with our superhero literacy, it's more fun to watch than at the time. Look, that movie tanked people's careers. Like, George Clooney got out fine, but Uma Thurman, they weren't going to hire her for anything until she was cast in Pulp Fiction and then uh, and then Kill Bill by uh, Quentin Tarantino. So Apparently, George Clooney keeps a framed photo of the poster for that Batman and Robin up in his office as a constant reminder to never take a job just for the money. There you go. Apparently Marlon Wayans was originally casted to be Robin, but then things fell through. And by the time that it got like picked back up, they had a new Robin. So he still gets residuals from it because of some Dude. law in Hollywood. Marlon Wayans. Mm-hmm. Could have been Robin. That would have been fun. Well, it's kind of like how crazy Jim Carrey was in uh, as Riddler as Riddler, which is uh, it's a take, you know, like it's a take. Anyway, I'm ending on I think that movie's more fun now than in the 2000s or before. Like now we're so superhero literate. I I 100% agree when you say that it's fun to watch. I 100% disagree with any in-depth meaning analysis or any attempt at saying it is a good I can appreciate it's a fun film, but it's not a good film. I can appreciate anything that speaks good of it until you say that it is better than Thief and the Cobbler in any way, shape, and form. Oh man, Thief and the Cobbler is going to have to wait for another day. We're going to have to have like an animation day where we just talk animation. We'll get into it, but I don't think we have time for that look, conversation. Look, if we're talking about rating movies, I feel like you need. You don't use the zero to five stars or out of 10. You need to do from negative 10 to 10, where if it's on the positive side, you're saying it's, you know, a good film or in that range. And then you're saying how enjoyable it is as a good film. So like, for example, Dark Knight, I would probably say a nine or an eight and a half, something like that, because I really love that film. You'd give Um, Dark Knight that high? It's a great film. It's the best uh, superhero film to date. I feel like Christian Agree to disagree. I feel like Christian Bale's Batman, I think though the trilogy was well executed in a lot of ways, I think there are certain aspects of pacing and balance that they could have done better. But, you know, these are things that I can only say after I've seen the movie like six, seven times and enjoyed them every single time. But Lucas's point here isn't how good he thinks the Batman is. We're talking about our scale. Versus the negative, which is you're saying it's a bad film, but it's a fun film to watch. Like the first Scooby-Doo movie. I shouldn't give it a negative 10. I'll probably give it a negative eight, but I just, I enjoy it so much. Any movie that has Fred telling Velma, I'm a man of substance. 
dorky chicks like you turn me on to is just perfect. It's perfection. And Matthew Lillard deserved an Oscar okay. for his performance. Okay, so in this case, on your scale, because I understand your scale now with your examples, the worst a movie really can be rated is a zero, because then it's like, it's it's unremark- It's so unremarkable that even if it was entertaining me in the moment, I don't remember it. There's nothing like that grand about it. It's just on. Exactly. Although, uh, to just kind of add on to that, if it's a zero, you would not even enjoy it while you were watching it. Okay, so we're talking like the the one to five, both positive, negative. That's like, you know, on average nets, zero is like it's actually bad. There is a zero. There is a movie that we give zero. You need... <laughs> I don't know, Jeremiah or Sam, you might be able to guess it just knowing... Because it's... That's an invitation to guess it. And I want to know, Sammy. I just want to know. Out with it's it! It's the worst movie... What? Out with it! He said out with it. Oh, it's the worst film ever made. It's uh, the movie that does not exist uh, in my headcanon. It's after the last Airbender movie. Oh, oh, yeah. It's yep. zero. It's it's. I think it's let, a perfect. Let's zero. not go into it. I d- I don't okay. need to Getting break this it. cup and shank someone. Getting it into it slightly, I think it's a perfect zero because it was neither a good movie nor was it enjoyable. But I can admit that there are some movies that maybe they're not the best movie. But they were enjoyable. Like a lot of people give the Aquaman movie a lot of heat. But, you know, I've watched that movie by myself and with friends. And even though I didn't enjoy it that much by myself, I've always and consistently enjoyed it a lot with friends. Huh. So I feel like even if it's not the best movie, it's still an entertaining good time. We've done Avatar before, so I'm not going to like bust too much in. But you know how you can when you watch a movie, there's like we talk about miscasting actors all the time. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that the Avatar Last Airbender movie is a perfect example of a miscast director. M. Night Shyamalan, what the hell, dude? Well, what is M. Night Shyamalan good at? He's actually good, very good at something. This I think isn't he's good like at a thrillers dissing. and psychological movies. I I mean his his he went through a period of time where he shot the bed repeatedly. Uh, the first film that was, it, it's kind of held as a return to form is The Visit, which I have seen and I did enjoy. Well, but we're not talking about where he where he pooped his pants or pooped the bed. M. Night Shyamalan, and Sammy said it, Cold is, and Amber Heard. Is known, f- wow, is known for thrillers. He's really good at them. And not just any thrillers, he's good at like 80 minute thrillers. Like 60, very quick, but very quick movies. He gets to the he, you know, he the way he shoots it, it's very direct. It leads you through, but his movies aren't very long. They're like between 60 minutes and 80 minutes. So a guy who's good at sick, at short thrillers is led to direct a massive fantasy epic that should have clocked in somewhere from two and a half to three hours. So he was miscast as the director. Like, you know, and I'm not saying he didn't shit the bed. Right, that's that's far from what I'm saying. I'm saying he's good at a specific thing, and he did not direct that thing. I'm almost willing to forgive him as long as he keeps delivering movies at about the same quality as The Visit. Because I like horror. That was a horror film. I enjoyed it. 
Not the greatest horror film I've seen, obviously, but, you know, an enjoyable one. One that I could conceivably see myself rewatching at some point. Okay, I'm going to have to throw it on. I mean, look, this year I'm about to go see two horror films. And Sammy, I don't know if I've told you, Lucas knows, I do not like horror movies. Me neither. Yeah, but you know what I'm going to go see this year? Two movies. One is A24 has been knocking it out of the park. I'm going to go see Men, which looks great. And the second movie, it, uh, no surprise, it's going to be Nope. I, I'm looking forward to watching Nope. But I feel like in that way, like Jordan Peele, like his movies are more thrillers than horrors, if that makes sense. Wait, I, I guess I'm out of the loop here. Have I just somehow missed this movie? So is this a new Jordan Peele movie that's coming out? Yeah, it's coming out. I don't oh. think it's out yet. It's surprising that going from comedy to horror that he's so good at making the horror movies as he is. Dude. Like, that's because, like, I mean, no one's going to, almost no one's going to argue against that he's a good horror. Lucas, I I don't know if you know his story. I agree with you, Lucas. I would, I think. Really? I would, not that he's bad at anything, but I think that the transition from comedy to horror is not that difficult because it really just comes down to timing and understanding your audience's expectations, right? Like, especially like subversive comedy where you set yourself up for a punchline that your audience feels like, oh, I see the punchline coming. But then you give them a different punchline or you put a spin on it where you can still get that genuine laugh where they're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. That's still funny. Horror is a lot about, you know, again, building that same anticipation, building that context, and then taking advantage of what you've built with your audience. Well, Sammy, I don't know if Lucas knows this, but are you familiar with where all of these scripts came from, from Jordan Peele, what that part of his story is? Um, it doesn't come to mind at the moment. Okay, so this is why I think the horror part, because the man lost his dream. So Jordan Peele wanted to be on Saturday Night Live super, super bad. If you don't know, he and, uh, oh my gosh, I always say his name wrong. Keegan-Michael Key, was that right? Keegan-Michael Key. See, I say K instead of Key. That's what I mess up. Anyway, so... It's okay. I mean, Key. Damn. So they were both on Mad... They're both on Mad TV, a different sketch comedy show that was still running at the time. Well... When 2008 rolls around, Barack Obama's running for office. Saturday Night Live is always looking for people who do impressions. And we all know at this point, after uh, Key and Peele, how good uh, Jordan Peele's Barack Obama impersonation is. Saturday Night Live was going to hire him. They had the contract and everything. Mad TV, though, they would not let him out of the contract. They didn't want to lose him. They're like, we're not going to send you to our competitor. His heart broke. And at that point, he realized that in show business, anybody can just take something away from you. So he just started writing. And I think that's why it led leads to that. Like a lot of the stuff he was writing, he was writing while he was on Mad TV. He was like working on that. He would like finish his takes and all that. And in between stuff, he would go and write, just write a ton, sort of like uh, Donald Glover. So you're saying he was real mad about the whole situation. While that is a joke, yes, terribly angry from what I hear and heartbroken. Nothing like a little bit of rage to get your writing on. (laughs) Okay, we've talked about movies a lot more than I thought we were and not in the way that I thought we were. Um, You're welcome. So, Sammy, it looks like you're going to have some time to go see this movie. I'm just going to write it off for another day. (laughs) But we've got a couple of things we do want to talk about. 
First, oh, yes. we have... We have a question. Well, of course, it's what makes the last brain cells the last three brain cells right now. And our question, which I've got to scroll up and find. Oh my gosh, okay. I got to read this verbatim. This is just too funny. All right. You have been space pirates. You and your trusty crew have spent the last two years voyaging together in the vacuum of space. On your latest expedition, you find an experimental space vessel carrying human versions of Earth pets. You can only save one species. Which do you save off this vessel? 